This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome to Killer Innovations, a show about innovation, creativity, and design. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. This week's show is going to be a little bit different format. Normally, we take the Sunday radio broadcast, remove the commercials, and turn that into the podcast. This week, however, I'm sharing with you a speech I recently gave on creative thinking. Now, for me, this was a very important speech. I'm a firm believer that creative thinking is the number one skill we all need to use and leverage for both personal, professional, and business success. And in this speech, I shared a shocking statistic from an Adobe study that says that 75% of the population do not believe themselves creative. And that was just a shocking statistic for me, and one that says that we have got this gap we have to fill. We need to convince the 75% to become part of the 25%. The 25% of the population that believe they are living up to their creative potential. So, this audience was made up of members of MakerHub, which is an organization that brings together uh, those organizations and individuals who run makerspaces And this is an organization where the people in the audience are just naturally part of this creative community, but I still felt I needed to give this speech in a way to open our eyes that for us to be successful in the emerging creative economy, we need to convince the 75% of the population that they too are creative. We are all naturally creative. We just need to find that skill, find that ability, exercise it, and use it. So sit back. Listen, the audio quality is a little bit different because this is a live event, so it's not recorded here in the studio. But again, I wanted to bring this to you so that you had an opportunity to hear what I shared with this audience. And at the end, I would just love to hear your feedback. So sit back and enjoy. I recently was listening to a... uh an audio program by Earl Nightingale. And if you're not familiar with Earl Nightingale, I would encourage you to go out and Google him. Earl passed away in the late 1980s. He is probably the, the person that's had one of the biggest influences on my life early in my career. But I was re-listening something that I'd heard you know, 25 years ago and kind of forgot. But when Earl, when I heard it in the car earlier this week, it just really lit up the light bulb for me. And he makes the point about The opposite of bravery is not cowardice. The opposite of bravery is conformity. Doing everything the same way that everybody else does it. Being like everybody else, thinking the same way everybody else does. It takes bravery to step out. And by definition, those of us in the creative realm are those weirdos that step out, right? We're all amongst friends here. We are all in the weirdo category, right? (laughs) But conforming is comfortable. You know what to predict. You conform to the norms of an office. You conform to the norm of school and education. It's predictable. The problem is, is that that becomes comfortable. The problem is, is the world out there is changing. 
It's not conforming. Things are changing. We're, we tend to want to be comfortable in our own realm. And that world is changing whether we're ready for it or not. The challenge, though, is, is conformity is not preparing us for what I'm calling the emergence of the creative economy. What constitutes success in the future is not the same thing that defines success in the past. In the past, we were successful by getting a job, doing the task that our boss gave us to do, doing those well, getting our performance review, getting your 2 3% pay increase, and then wake up every morning and repeat. And then repeat it every day for the next 30 years of our career. In the creative economy, the definition of success is different. The definition of success in the creative economy is your ability to create ideas that then turn create value for the organizations that you're part of. The days of just being a cog in the wheel and doing what other people tell you to do is not where value will be created. Value and success will come to those that are creative, that do create ideas to solve problems or create new opportunities for the organizations that you're part of. And this creative economy is coming much faster than any of us will ever predict. So the ability for any economy to succeed is going to be based on its citizens embracing this creative economy and learning how to take a natural ability that we all have and use that creative thinking to solve problems and identify new opportunities. Now what's shocking is, is that only 25% of the U.S. population believe that they're living up to their creative potential. We're here. The rest of the world is out there. They don't get it. Right? 75% of the world's population do not believe they're creative. They haven't even discovered that they are naturally creative. We are all creative. We are born creative. Right? I have three kids. I now have four grandkids. Number five is due October 2nd. But if you have little kids or you've been around little kids, they are the epitome example of being highly creative. How many different ways can a three or four year old take a toilet paper roll and turn it into some creative toy? They have no limit to their imagination. Why? Because they don't care what you think about them. We don't, we're not laughing at them. We're not snickering at them. You're not trying to make them conform into some model of what a three-year-old, a little hard to do with a three-year-old to conform them to do anything that they don't want to do. Now, go into the public school system, starting with kindergarten, going all the way up through 12th grade. Walk in and ask the class to stand up and show them something that they've created piece of artwork, a song they've created, a dance. You go into a kindergarten class, every kid wants to show you. You get swarmed. Now you go to first grade, second grade, third grade, up to 12th grade. When you get to 12th grade, what happens? 
You might get one kid, and he's the weird dude nobody wants to eat lunch with. Because we actually beat the creativity out of them through this whole process of conformity. This artificial model of what we think normal is. We're all a little strange. You know, us labeling somebody else as strange is a label. I'm a big believer, and this is my, you know, the advice I give when I coach and mentor CEOs is, is hire for neural diversity. We all think differently. Some of us are spatial thinkers. Some of us are connection thinkers. In the innovation creativity game, you want people on your team who think differently. And guess what? Those on the autism spectrum think radically differently. It's not an accommodation to hire them into your organization. It's a competitive advantage to have those as part of your teams and as part of your organizations. You have to think differently about how you hire. You have to think differently about how you manage. But those individuals with an autism diagnosis have an 81% unemployment rate here in the state of Colorado. 81% unemployment rate in the state of Colorado. So we have a huge untapped resource that can be a huge source of success. The challenge we have with the whole issues of this creative economy is we lack confidence. We lack creative confidence. People are used to conforming. It takes a lot to step out and no longer be part of that conforming and expose those ideas and the creativity that we all naturally have to show off our projects. That was the original impetus for the Makers Fair. The original Makers Fair in San Mateo was about giving a platform, a safe environment to allow all of us who are those tinkers in our garage to have some place to go show what we're doing. Look, we all have those ideas that then we start getting into that negative self-doubt. Oh, this is a stupid idea. Oh, somebody else has thought about it before. Oh, if I tell it to anybody, they'll think I'm crazy or stupid. Stop the negative thinking is step one to really being successful in this emerging creative economy. Have the confidence to step out. The fact of the matter is, is that 100%, as I said before, 100% of creative people are weird. We're all weird. We're all weird in our own ways. But the fact is, is human ingenuity and creativity have solved some of our biggest problems and created the, the, created the opportunities. Have we forgotten about coming up with a solution for polio, the polio vaccine? Or the problem solving and the creativity that it took to put the man on the moon? Or the creativity under pressure to save the Apollo 13 astronauts and bring them home safely? Or the creativity it took to invent the microprocessor, which is what's enabled the electronics that we all are carrying around in our pocket. Do you think about the level of impact from creative thinking on our lives? It's immeasurable. All of which become tools that we build upon. The idea that you're going to come up with something totally new is a little bit of a fallacy. We all have inspirations. There are other ideas that people are working on that you may have an idea to add to that. That's why it's important to have the maker community. 
It's not about the lone person sitting off on themselves in the corner bedroom coming up with ideas. It's the community with people with a variety of perspectives, a variety of experiences, a variety of expertise to help each other. And given that only 25% of the world's population think of themselves as being creative, we're, it's a pretty small community that's got to go have an impact on the world when the other 75% are clueless as to what their role really is in this coming creative economy. But, and that's why the makerspace is so important. The makerspace is important from the standpoint of doing. When I talk about creative thinking, I, you know, I, you know, I've only got a limited amount of time here today, um, so I can't like, go through an entire what I would do in a normal workshop to teach creative thinking, but I'm going to give you three tips that I use in creative thinking that are absolutely you know, important for me. One is what I call deliberate thinking. We all got devices in our pocket. You know, we're all busy on Facebook. We all got our day jobs. There's a lot of things that, that distract us. Deliberate thinking is setting that all aside. Just having the quiet time to just think. In some cases, not even having the headphones in. Just to think. Let the subconscious be inspired. Let that problem that's rolling around in your head find its own solution through everything that you've learned and accumulated over your years of experience. We don't spend enough time just doing deliberate thinking. In my case, I, have, I, I teach a series of exercises around deliberate thinking in the form of spending an hour a day working through problems, exercising the creative muscle. Now, in this case, everybody has their own way of doing it. This is the, it just happens to be one of the ways that I do it. Creative muscle is like any other muscle. It's not like you're going to, on Friday, you're going to decide that you're going to go run the Boston Marathon and then get up Monday and run it. You're going to say, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon a year from now. So what do I need to do now? Well, I better get up off the couch and walk back and forth to the refrigerator a few times. <laughs> and then on Monday, I may, eh, maybe I'll go run the block. And on Tuesday, maybe I'll do a block and a half. And by Wednesday, maybe I'll pick up the pace a little. You build up to it. The same is with the creative muscle. If you haven't been using it on a regular basis, you, you run the risk of being a creative couch potato. It needs to be exercised. You need to find your own way to exercise. In my case, I spend an hour a day. I have a notebook. Top of the notebook, I list a problem or an area that I'm working on. I do, my wife and I are very involved in for-profit investments in Rwanda, Africa. So I'm not constantly thinking about the challenges that we have in our programs in Rwanda. Then I spend 15, 20 minutes on what I would call some form of inspiration, whether that's sometimes it's music, Sometimes it's uh, visual, artwork, photographs of Rwanda, some of the things that we're working on. And then I spend about 20, 30 minutes just cranking ideas, not filtering it, not judging them, just collecting ideas. And then I, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at the end, kind of going back, looking through them, seeing if I can improve any of them. 
close the notebook, go on for my day. I do that Monday through Friday. I take Saturdays off. Sundays, I go through all the ideas I did Monday through Friday and rank them. What are the best, what are the better ideas? And then Monday, I start on a new problem. But it's knowing that I'm going to get up every morning and I'm, going to, I'm expecting, I'm putting the expectation on myself that I'm going to crank ideas. And I'm going to come up with those ideas. It's finding that time to deliberately think. The second tip is about asking better questions. So my book is Beyond the Obvious, Killer Questions That Lead to Game-Changing Innovation. It's really about this question methodology that I use. Questions have immense power. If I ask you a question, you cannot stop yourself from answering the question. So if I ask you the question, what you had for breakfast? The image of what you had for breakfast or the fact that you didn't have breakfast this morning or you had breakfast here this morning immediately enters your mind. Properly constructing questions can cause you to look at the problem in a unique and different way. And that is the key to breakthrough innovation. Innovators don't just see problems, they see problems that others don't see. So how do you challenge yourself to see problems and opportunities that others don't see? And it's through the power of questions. Which kind of leads into tip number three, which is to go beyond the obvious. The challenge on answering questions is we'll stop at the first answer. So here's a question. I'll, you know, this is one I do in my workshop. So if I ask you the question, what is half of 13? Everybody yells out six and a half. Woo. If we were in the U.S. educational system where you get your entire educational system is based on being tested, you would get an A. From an innovation perspective, eh, probably not an A because that's the first and obvious answer. The answers could be six or seven. Unrounding. If I wrote it out as Roman numeral 13 and you split it vertically, it's 11 and 2. You split it horizontally, it's eight and eight, Roman numeral 8 and 8. If I write the word out, 13, it's T-H-I-R, slice T-E-N. There's one college professor who actually uses this from my book in her college classes, and she sends me the results. The highest she's ever gotten is 57 variations to the answer of what is half of 13. Now, all of us are sitting here going, okay, I'm good for about six. And probably the six would be common. But if you did it as a group event, you'd probably get, actually get much more because you could, someone's answer to what's half of 13 could be a spark for you to come up with a different variation to the answer. Innovation is a team sport. The, the myth of a lone inventor is a myth. A lone inventor may be the inspiration, but look, even Thomas Edison had hundreds of people in his lab. We all may think Elon Musk is extremely brilliant, but even Elon has an amazing team working for him, both at SpaceX, Tesla, and all of his other projects. Innovation is a team sport. But the fact is, is after you come up with and you've used your creative thinking to come up with the ideas, you have to go do something. Ideas without execution are a mental hobby. Fun, but of no value. 
Competitive advantage doesn't come from creating the idea. Competitive advantage comes from execution, doing something with that idea. And that's why makerspaces are so critical. It's the place where we can go do. And we can go do in an environment where we can be weird and not worry about the conformity issues. You can have that crazy idea which people just think is absolutely crazy. So in addition to the podcast, I now have a nationally syndicated radio show. I'm about 30 stations around the country, live on Sundays, broadcast from Colorado. Last week, I had David Levine, who's the CEO for Digital Bridge out of London. Phenomenal technology. Last week's show, I asked David, I said, so what was the biggest, what I refer to as the antibody? Antibody are the idea haters. These are the people who are going to say, your idea is stupid, tried it before, it'll never work, I'm the expert, you know, all the, all the responses you get are these, what I call antibodies. So I asked David, I said, you know, so what's the biggest antibody answer, challenge you got when you started your company three years ago? And the antibody was, it's impossible. Three years it took him, money out of his own pocket, I think everybody telling him it was impossible to now it's delivered. But he went three years of every day people telling him his idea was impossible. We all run into the antibodies. Perseverance is critical. We are all going to get discouraged with the creative ideas. The maker spaces are those areas where we shouldn't have those antibodies. It's a community of support. They're working on their ideas, you're working on their ideas. It's a community of support. It's the place where you can get away from these antibodies that are out there. They're going to tell you that your idea is impossible. Now, what's the challenge with the 75% of the population that's out there? You know, we need, all, we need to be evangelists to those 75% who, don't, who are not living up to their creative potential. Their biggest issue is fear. It's the fear of the unknown. But what is fear? What does fear stand for? False evidence that appears real. False evidence. We, as humans, we are great at taking a molehill and turning it into a mountain. We can negative talk ourselves into this risk I'm taking is going to be the biggest risk and my life will be over forever. It's a molehill. It's getting over the fear. And that's why as a maker community, it's so important that when we do have new people coming in, that it's almost an over-the-top kind of welcoming into the community to take away that fear, to have them feel part of the, instantly part of the they don't have to prove themselves. They don't have to prove that they're an expert in some area. The fact that they're joining is proof enough that we should embrace them into the 25 percenters. And we're all here. If you're here in this room, you're obviously stepping out. You're part of the 25 percenters. But with the creative economy, we can't grow an economy with just 25% of the population participating. We need the entire economy participating as we move into this creative economy.
So why, do, why am I such a strong believer in this message? Now my mission is, is to help people be successful. When I go back and you look at people who have been highly successful in their career, and you really look at the underlying catalyst that led to that success, it was their ability to think creatively, to solve a problem, find an opportunity that they were going to go solve. Whether that was Steve Jobs, Elon, Zuck, Cheryl, the Google Boys, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison. You can go back through history. It's their ability to think creatively. If you're looking for that success, whether that be that career success, financial success, leadership success, reputation, whatever's driving you for your definition of success, that success is going to come from your ability to think creatively and to be an active participant in the creative economy. And it's not a gift that only a few are blessed with. It's not like, oh, you got it. Oh, sorry, you didn't get No, everybody has it. Sometimes we have to go dust it off. We are all creative. And the fact is, if you're in this room, the odds are you're already in the 25% category. But we all need to exercise that. My advice is, Find that creative courage and be brave. And remember, bravery is not the opposite of cowardice. Bravery is the opposite of conformity. Thank you very much. So what did you think of the speech? Hope you enjoyed it. Would love to hear your feedback. Drop me a note over at phil at killerinnovations.com. This is an experiment. We're trying a little bit of a different format, uh, given we do a lot of interviews in the radio show, and I've uh, kind of slid in this uh, speech that I gave recently on creative thinking. We're looking to mix it up. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback on whether you like the more of the interviews or more of uh, – uh, long form, one topic kind of content like the speech or maybe going back to some of the older podcasts, how we used to do those where it would just be one topic of me sharing uh, my thoughts and my experiences. So would love to hear your feedback. Drop me a note over at phil at com. For today's show, over in the show notes, I'll have a link to a blog post that I did um, that goes through the speech it includes a full transcript, so you can go back and reread the speech again. Plus, you could also uh, share that with others if you uh, so desired to encourage them to become part of the 25% of the population that believe that we're living up to our creative potential. So with that, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Carpenters have their hammers and saws, chefs have their outfitted kitchens, and musicians have their instruments. A craftsman's ability to do their job is dependent on having the right tools. So where does an innovator, someone who takes an idea and makes it real, find the right tools to do their job? 
Outfit your innovator's garage by visiting innovation.tools. Innovation.tools is an online store created by innovators for innovators. It's where you will find tested and proven tools to help you create that next great product or service. These tools include books, audio training, video training, brainstorming how-tos, and much, much more. And for a limited time, listeners of Killer Innovations will get 25% off on your first order by using the discount code RADIO at checkout. And 100% of our profits from your purchases will be donated to charity. So go to innovation.tools and create that next great innovation.